Welcome, welcome to our next episode of the I Saved Up podcast. Blake, thanks so much for being here again, my friend. How are you? Hey, how's it going, Judy? It's good. This episode of the I Saved Up podcast is brought to you by SecurePort IV, topical adhesive for catheter securement and site protection. SecurePort IV adhesive can help your organization reduce IV catheter failures, IV catheter-related infections, and costs associated with IV catheter care and maintenance. Learn more at www.secureportiv.com. SecurePort IV, a new standard of care, a new layer of protection. And now back to our program. We're so honored to have Sarah Capella from a major university hospital in Southern California. She's patient care director. Sarah, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Well, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. You have a full vascular access team at your hospital, correct? Correct. We are 24-7. That's amazing. How many FTEs do you run on? Um, I usually have about seven to eight people on in a 24-hour period. My full team is about 23 at this point. That is impressive. So you have done a lot. I remember when you became the director and talking to you about all the things in your dreams. And I'm just so impressed with all the things that you guys have done with your team as far as rounding and 24-7. And I hear today you guys are actually training on something new as well. Yes, my team is moving forward with A-line insertions and they are doing their second day of A-line training. So we hope to roll that out within the next week or two. So we're super excited about that. So one of the things I really did want to talk to you about is some of the process improvements that you guys go through. And I know when you hear about a new product or you hear of something new that could enhance patient care, that you look into it thoroughly and then work on implementation. And the one we want to talk about today is tissue adhesive. So take us through your journey into tissue adhesive at your hospital. Well, it kind of first started at Ava. Um, I saw the booth. So anybody who wants to learn stuff, go to the Ava booth. Plug for you, Judy. I saw it and it wasn't actually even approved in the U.S. at this at the point. And I begged them to be a trial site and they actually let me. So as soon as it got FDA approved, we trialed it and it was fantastic. We had had some we'd been doing 24 hour dressing changes on the majority of our lines, actually due to oozing and bleeding. And we noticed that even after doing the official holding of pressure, it was still having oozing and having to change the dressings at 24 hours. After implementation of the tissue adhesive on every single pick insertion, we actually do not do any 24-hour dressing changes. We've completely eliminated our oozing problem. Now we've actually implemented it housewide on all CVADs. We still do have some, as most people know, dialysis lines ooze a little bit more than others. And some of our patients have oozing, but for PIC lines, we pretty much eliminated it. And it's definitely significantly improved the regular lines that um, it's on. So like our central lines and our dialysis lines. So 
I believe you have it in your kits now as well. Is that right? We do. I'm a huge kit person. I love to kit everything. (laughs) It might be because I'm slightly lazy and I would rather have everything (laughs) in one place so I don't have to walk and get it. So I put everything together. My theory is if you didn't use everything in the kit, you didn't do your dressing change right. So that's kind of how I teach it. Yes. So it is in every single one of our dressing change kits for central line access so that the intent is that every time they do a dressing change, they put on the tissue adhesive. And that way we can continue to have that protection and not have oozing. What kind of outcomes have you had? At this point, we're struggling with our data collection. I will just be honest with that. I think that's a problem in most locations. We also moved to a new hospital, (laughs) brand new. (laughs) So (laughs) getting data from different places is a little bit interesting because a lot of our units have changed over, merged, separated. So we're kind of a little bit discombobulated with data at this point. What we've seen is we have, we had done some other things to help our collapsy rates, but we've maintained them. We actually maintained our really low collapsy rates during COVID, which is pretty impressive for, we had struggled with that for many years. And when we started making a lot of these implementations, we significantly improved and we were really concerned that COVID was going to kind of mess with our good works. But even with the COVID issues and moving to a new facility and having supply chain concerns, we actually maintained our um, collapsing numbers. So we're kind of chalking that up to the processes and things that we put in place. So having the tissue adhesive, having um, the kits and things like that so that um, people are doing really good line care. And so that's kind of, we've really used that as our judge on how we're doing. And we do a lot of auditing, our IP people do. And so if there is oozing or anything, they contact us immediately to see if it's something that we can manage. What about staff satisfaction? Have you heard feedback? about using this product? They love it. From what (laughs) I hear from the staff, they want to, they want to put tissue adhesive on everything. (laughs) We actually not only use it on all of our central lines, we use it on our peripheral lines. So every single one of our peripheral lines, we place tissue adhesive on it. And one of the things is that it helps the nurses feel so much more secure in the fact that the line has a little more securement. It makes me feel better because, you know, BSI rates are not really looked at. It is something that I look at and I feel like it has helped a little bit. Our numbers have gone down slightly from since implementation, still working on on that education piece, you know, how that goes (laughs) until we get fined for them. Probably no one will care, but I do. So that's really been a game changer because they love the fact that their line is more secured with the tissue adhesive. So even the staff nurses, when they go in and they place a PIV, is it in the kits there as well for PIVs? Absolutely. Oh my goodness, girl. This is awesome. All the time. All wow. kits. <laughs> what about Foley's? No, I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, put it past them. Yeah. <laughs> don't tempt you. <laughs> I don't know what they do with the extra ones. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. 
So staff satisfaction's improved. No oozing. It's more secure. Less stressing changes, which is fabulous. That is fabulous. And your BSI CLABSI rates have either improved or stayed put. Those are pretty good remarks. I can't imagine. Um, I'm very happy with the outcome so far. I would guess so. I would guess so. I can't wait for you to start data diving on that and publishing on this stuff. Yeah, I'm was, sure you would get in there. <laughs> that was going to be one of my questions was, you know, the the golden seven days for addressing change. And, you know, we've had tons of people on our webinar series talk about how they've done different things to help try and get to that golden seven. And yeah. if you were to hazard a guess, how would you say the number of days addressing change, addressing stayed in place before implementation to after? Well, we were pretty much consistently doing a 24-hour dressing change um, due to oozing. We do not, we have very few, especially for pick lines, we don't have any, but we have very few in general uh, line dressing interruptions for seven days. One of the things we found was that the dressing itself would lift on the edges and so we actually retaught to the tissue adhesive. And instead of just putting drops at the site, we also um, put it around the edges of the dressing so that it secures the edges of the dressing down as well, which has significantly impacted the ability of the dressing to stay on. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, that's got to improve or me as a clinician, I would love it if I did not have to go change dressing prematurely. And also we know yes. that there's an infection risk every time we, we do that. Yeah. And that's our aim is to first of all, cut down on the nursing care time because it is, it is, if you do it correctly, it does take time and um, they have other things they need to do. And then also the infection risk. So by implementing that, we found that we're having less of that dressing interruption Sarah, I'm going to stop you just for one second, and we're going to take a quick break for an ad from our sponsor, SecurePort IV. SecurePort IV catheter securement adhesive is a new standard of care for vascular access with 10 recommendations for the use of topical adhesive in the 2021 INS standards. Never before has a single product offered two levels of securement, microbial protection and site sealant. SecurePort IV provides securement at both the catheter hub and at the insertion site to minimize catheter movement, migration, and dislodgement. Then it seals the insertion site with a moisture-proof microbial barrier to minimize bleeding and oozing and to reduce the risk for IV catheter-related infections. SecurePort IV, a new standard of care, a new layer of protection. For more information, visit www.secureportiv.com. And now back to our program. If you think about, I mean, I'm just thinking about all the things you've done. You put them in kits, you're using it on all lines. I'm sure you're going to use it on A lines when you start then. We are. I can't imagine you wouldn't. (laughs) And even though you haven't done the analysis possibly, that's got to have saved you thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands over time in nursing time alone. Yeah. In nursing time and in dressing and just having to get a new kit, the kits aren't cheap 
to change the dressing out. So the nursing time and the supplies, yes. I like to remind my administration that while I don't make money, I save money. <laughs> I like that. So and in reality, I think the, the savings sound like they're enormous. When you can get a process in place that says, I don't have to go spend extra money on unplanned dressing changes. I don't need my nursing time in there. My BSI rates have either decreased or stayed where they are. Those are huge money savers. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if your catheter stay in place and you don't have to replace the catheter. Yeah, essentially, and you're cutting the first week of dressing changes in half. Wow. That's crazy. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Me awesome. too. So what, what's next on your thought process, your agenda to go improve practice? So we've just implemented a secure cath for our pick lines. And one of the rationales behind that is discussion with bedside nursing, especially. They really struggled to feel confident when they were changing their dressings that the line wouldn't get dislodged. I don't think they did as good of a job as they could have if they felt more confident in the securement. What it also did was a lot of units were using two nurses to do the dressing changes, which is a huge increase in nursing cost and time. So by moving to the secure cath, our hope is that, and we are collecting data, that <laughs> our nursing time will definitely be cut in half but also that we'll have, we didn't have a huge amount of dislodgement, but we'll have less. But more importantly, that they'll feel like the confidence and the ability to actually clean really well, manipulate the line without having it be dislodged and be able to really clean it and make sure that we're having really, really good clean lines, which will show in our collapsy rates. But um, when we did our trial, the bedside nursing staff was very excited about it. They loved it. They loved not having to take off a securement device um, during the dressing change. So that was kind of huge. I can imagine that. The bedside nurses are not experts at dressing changes. They, mm -hmm. Depending on what day they work, when they work, how many patients have a central line, they may not do one for two months. Correct. And then, they, yeah, they come across this line that is intimidating for some especially if they don't deal with them a lot. Yep. And then taking that dressing off is scary. You don't want to contaminate. There's so many things to that. So yeah. that's- I mean, my ultimate goal would be to have my team do all of them, but routinely in-house, we have over a hundred central lines because our uh, facility is so large that we really just can't handle that volume at this point. <laughs> but I have plans. We'll see. You have plans. I, I don't put anything past you. Are, are your plans to use the glue, the Secure Port IV, with SecureCap? Absolutely. We have been so far. Um, we've been live about a month now, and um, it's been fantastic. That's amazing. Judy brings up a really good point, and we've heard this, you know, again on different presentations. But you know, the INS standards where they're talking about when you're using multiple securement options, uh, different adjuncts and dressing care and maintenance, having a tool to evaluate that. And it sounds like in some of our discussions before we came on air was, you know, you guys are working on improving your data collection and this and how important that is the overall picture, because I think more and more you're seeing 
multiple methods of securement and dressing integrity to adjuncts to be used uh, to improve the clinical outcome. Absolutely. And I think it really is important to look at those and evaluate them. One of the things that has really helped is I'm moving. We've been kind of having an offsite database. We've had an internal database and I'm trying to move everything into our Epic platform so that I can get all the data from not only my nurse, my nursing department, but also the bedside staff as well, just to incorporate all of it. Cause if we're not doing the dressings, I still want to be able to see what the other nurses are doing and see and make sure that there's no concerns there. So the nurses on the units, I'm pretty visible. I've worked here forever. So they're very confident in emailing me or calling me and saying, Hey, I have a question about this, or I saw this today. I get lots of fun pictures. So just scared to post them. (laughs) Oh yeah. Sometimes I'm like, Oh God, please do not. (laughs) Don't tell me that's a real photo. So I am glad we've implemented one of the things that we just implemented as well. It's um, my educator had a really cool name for it. Now I can't think of it, but it's basically a program where if you see an issue with addressing and you don't know who to like, if it's, if you can call that person out, like talk to them and let them know about it. But we're having them take pictures and send them to us so that we can contact, whether it's an anesthesia provider, whether it's another nurse, whether it's another department. And so we want them to be able to see like, here's a photo of something that you sent to this unit and it doesn't meet our standards. Let me help you understand why we need to have that appropriately done and then re-educate to what is appropriate. So I think that's also something that's really helped because we're trying to empower them with, because everyone carries iPhones, like hospital provided iPhones, not like their personal ones. We can do that without it being a HIPAA issue. So they are feeling more confident in taking these crazy, horrible pictures for me and sending them to the appropriate person to get educated and help learn why we do stuff the way we do it. So I'm hoping that that also improves um, some of our outlying areas that send um, patients to the units. That's an incredible idea. Accountability. Accountability. You know, (laughs) I have a theory that if you see what you did in a photo, you know, it's a big, it's a it's so much different than me telling you like, Hey, you didn't do this dressing right. Right. But when you right. say, Hey, you see this dressing, tell me what's wrong with it. Cause you <laughs> this did this. dressing. <laughs> yeah. This is yours. And I think that's a huge, it's a huge deal for people to see. Oh, I actually did do that instead of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I was fine. Like if they actually see it, yeah. that's you can't really kit. tell me that you didn't do it. If I show you the photo. Yeah. And you, you know, got the kits, initials. right? So yeah. Yeah. And that's what we tell people. Like there are kits, like there's a process, like it's step by step. So oh, yeah, you don't have the you. kit. Let me get the kit for you. And that's, and that's also another learning thing we found. Like people say, well, I don't have that kit. Well, then let me get it. Let me make sure that your leadership yeah. knows to have it stopped. Yeah. Processes, right. not people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Get a picture of this is you and this is what it should be next yeah. to each one another. It's like, oh, yeah. golly. And then how do I help you get to that one? 
Yeah. Right. So if it's like right. you don't have the supplies or you never got the education, like then let me get you the supplies and let me get you the education. Like those are easy fixes. But I think sometimes we just, you know, send these notes like, oh, you send up a bad dressing. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. I love your strategy for this. Yeah. It's that's great leadership. Pat yourself on the back, woman. This is, sounds right. amazing. Because <laughs> then you can fix the problem at the root rather than trying to. Absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully that person shares their experience as well. Say, oh my gosh, that's that was me. Cool. Yeah. That's great. That's- well, Sarah, this has been just amazing to talk to you about this and the process. And honestly, your leadership in this as well thank is you. just incredible. So thank you. I can't wait to see you in Minneapolis. I know you had a hard decision between Tuscany and Minneapolis and, you know, the sweeter city one. <laughs> there you go. But I, I can't wait for Ava this year in person. We have such Me an amazing too. lineup of speakers. I'm so excited to finally be going back. Like it was my favorite. It's my favorite conference every year and not being able to go the last couple of years has been really horrible. I agree. I agree. That's where I go to get rejuvenated and excited about, and then find out products similar to you with mm-hmm. SecurePort IV. You yeah. saw it before it was approved to use. And yep. now look at you. I think it's on everything in your hospital. <laughs> Tissue adhesive guru. Yeah, That's there you, you. go. <laughs> if they'd you. let me put it on everything, I probably right. would. I will I tell you it's fantastic for uh, turf burns for soccer players, FYI. Oh, yeah. You know, I found it's very good as a blister repellent. Like when you have that pair of shoes that just rubs one toe. So I'll probably need it this weekend at Stagecoach, then is what you're saying? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, have a great time at Stagecoach. Thank you so much for your time and everything you do in this specialty. And we'll see you in Minneapolis. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. You can see the entire Ava calendar on the Ava website at www.avainfo.org, which is also where you can join Ava or donate to the Ava Foundation. Don't miss Facebook Fridays, where we are live at noon Eastern time each week. Toss us a question or give us a like. We're on all the social media platforms. You can follow the Association for Vascular Access on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and make sure you're subscribed to the I Save That podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Google Play Music. Okay, folks, here comes the legal stuff. The topics discussed on the I Save That series are for informational purposes. You should personally seek the guidance of experienced clinicians before making any decision that affects your health or the health of your patients. Listeners are advised to do their own due diligence when it comes to making vascular access decisions. Our goal is to inform and educate the healthcare landscape while giving you a starting point for your discussions with more experienced clinicians and professional advisors. By listening to this program, you agree that the hosts, Presenters, guests, sponsors, and the Association for Vascular Access are not responsible for the success or failure of your health, your career, or any decision you make related to any of the information presented. The I Save That series may contain segments of copyrighted music that was not specifically authorized to be used, but is protected by federal law and the Fair Use Doctrine, as cited in Section 107 of the U.S. Copyright Act. 
if you have specific concerns about this program or our position on fair use defense, please contact us at avaed at avainfo.org. No part of this program shall be reproduced, transmitted, or sold in whole or in part or in any form without prior written consent from the Association for Vascular Access.